Media. This week on Geekly, we are ranking all of the Halloween films. We are doing a full Halloween Ends review. And now your host, Mike Indeglio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to K&M Geekly. Hey, it's it's a weekly show where Keith and I talk about what has been getting us through this week uh, in the world of geek, which... in to be truth be told, Keith, is basically all we do. Uh, and, uh, literally. And specifically this week, because we're both uh, home alone. Our, uh, our, our, our roommates, our partners are out of town. We are, are here with just us and the cats. It's, uh, it's, we're basically old, old cat ladies. And yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's two men, four cats, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, a, and a lot of tech. Uh, I'm excited this week. Uh, but before we do anything, I, I, I think I need to take you to the woodshed, sir. Uh, I deserve it. Speaking I deserve it. of of tech, so I, I should say this: uh, Mike Mike has worked in the tech field for a tech startup for what twenty something years now. Ten, in ten years, ten years, yeah. Well, you've worked at the tech for for ten years, but you've been doing this sort of stuff since the dawn of time. Yes, and uh, and, and what do I discover? I built this my morning? own PC, uh, started way back to the mm-hmm. my Commodore sixty four. Then I had my Hewlett Packard. I mean, I, yeah, a I, I, long time. You have a very extensive tech history and knowledge. Um, but th- this morning, as of about an hour ago, as we're setting up the show, because there's lots of new graphics, we're flying in every week and we're transferring files back and forth. I, I-, I have learned something about my good friend, uh, Mike Indeglio here. Uh, and that is, and, and I- I'm excited to have you explain why this is the case. Mike does not know how to use Dropbox. Or Google Drive. Now, does that mean he does not have them? No, no, no. He has them. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he doesn't use them? Oh, no. He uses them. Uh, every day. Every day you use them. But uh, I think I'm trying to figure out what the equivalent would be of how you do it. You don't sync any folders no. in your Dropbox or Google Drive. So essentially, uh, like, I come over to your house. You're really excited. You just bought this amazing stereo. And I'm like, wow, how much did it cost? Oh, $20,000. $20, how did you, one how did you possibly? That's an incredible stereo. And, and, and uh, is it in your basement? No, no, no. It's, out, it's out, in the, uh, out in the garage. Come look at it. And it's a car. But he's just using it as a stereo because he doesn't know what the actual purpose of the thing is. Syncing folders is why you have Dropbox and Google Drive. Otherwise, you're just emailing. Well, not a, not initially. So let me explain what my initial <laughs> what my initial use case was. Okay, mm-hmm. and then I just haven't kept up with the times. So initially, years ago, way too many years ago, when I got when I first switched over to MacBooks. So we're talking like over a decade ago. I, you know, you buy Mac Mac puts storage at a premium. So I think I got like 128 gigabytes on my MacBook Air, like the first MacBook I bought. Right. And right, I was like, sure. I started having a fear that I was going to run out, storage fear that I was going to run out of gigabytes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this, the OS takes up space, your videos, your this and that. And I was like, well, why don't I, uh, yeah, you can like plug in a bunch of external drives, but I was trying to be minimalist. So I got cloud space and I did the sync, but the sync it takes up all your hard drive space. So I disabled mm-hmm. Cloud Sync and I would just upload everything to the cloud. And when I needed it, I put it back in. Now, years later, I'm mm-hmm. realizing 
that now we have so many terabytes. I built my own PC here. I've got terabytes and terabytes of drive space. And the fact that I have to like download stuff every week from you, and then if you update it, I have to download it again. It's yeah, starting so the, to be ridiculous. Like so, it, just so the people understand, uh, when I send when I when I send you a file, which mm-hmm. I do frequently, you have to Constantly. download it as a zip folder, unzip it, and then and then work with it from there. Yes. And if I change the file, you. Mm-hmm. Re- <laughs> it hasn't been a problem because you know I'm I'm rocking uh, a ter- uh, a gigabit up and down internet, so it's really fast. It's as fast you as you have a... to unzip a file every time I send you a Listen, JPEG. You know, one thing I, I work on in therapy, and I talk talk about my wife. When I'm wrong, I will say I'm wrong. And in this instance, I'm realizing that I have been used. I need to now and back then too. To be fair. Well, this is geekly, so we can talk. We can have this conversation. This is, this is the whole point yeah. of the show. To be fair, back then it was the 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 technology was very bad about selective sync. I don't want to sync everything up there. I just want a couple right. of drives that sync. But I think you can do that pretty easily now. Oh yeah, over oh, uh, every day. Uh, well, look, not that you're the I poster know. child, Keith. You, if Keith up uploads more than a, a hundred megabyte file, it, we, I wait days for it. That is not true. <laughs> that talk to Xfinity. That ain't me. You're right. Anyway, it is, yeah, it is Xfinity. and but but I love because you, you're trying to keep your hard drives empty. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, luckily, Mike, I know the depression was really tough. Yeah, uh, but but it's it's done now. You you can use the hard drive space that you have, and we Keep will see with Glee. This week in tech, also in uh, well, maybe not tech, but in geek stuff. Uh, you know what I did for the first time in maybe twenty years this Ooh, weekend? What's that? I went to a. Well, walk- your wife's out of town. It was it's been no, twenty years. Uh, it- <laughs> How dare you? I went to a water park. Oh my God, really? Yeah, and I, I for sure, I underestimated. I thought for sure I'm way too old for water slides. I'm never, so, but my nieces are with me, so I went on some water slides, and it's still awesome. It's still really cool. Well, you know what's weird? I used to go every year up to the water slides in Montreal, and it was so much fun, and I loved it. But now, like, I, have, I, mean, I haven't gone in probably 25 years at least but now especially the enclosed ones i see them on like instagram or tiktok or whatever and they it give me give me anxiety yeah i'm like i get that i'm more frightened of them now than i was when i was 10 well the funny part is so i went to kalahari resorts in the poconos i was helping i was there for work i was helping uh host a, a, a tech conference or an education conference with my brother i was running the tech and mm-hmm. But we got free passes to the water park. And but that, that's got to be a lot of zip files. <sighs> yeah, a lot of zip <laughs> files. And it, I just bring so many cords. Everything was wireless, <laughs> but I bring every cord I have just in case. And you know what? No matter where I go, you're always using your cords. You're always jury rigging something because even these I, multi-million dollar facilities are always right. missing an eighth inch patch cable or something. You will, you will never hear hear me give you crap about having too many cords and cables and adapters because I have, we a, for, I have a working radio shack in the basement. Yep, we were, we were going for less than 24 hours and Jen's like, why do you have three suitcases? I was like, it's cords, Jen, it's cords. <laughs> it's cords, it's got the juice. Yep, do you need an 80 foot HDMI cord? You might. You uh, never know. Yep. Yeah, 125 foot Ethernet cord. I got it. Ah, guys, the depression was hard on us both. Yeah, it's true. So, the funny part about all this is I'm kind of looking back at it. You know, Keith will tell you I got food poisoning. It, it was actually a pretty shitty weekend, but it, well, health wise, I had a lot of fun. But here's the thing. So I have this weird OCD thing with uh, 
foot fungus. I didn't expect to go to the water park. And since I, I didn't bring water shoes, and so I had to, like, do it barefoot. So the whole time, even though there's chlorine everywhere, uh, something about bare feet walking around, it's, it's, it's weird and gross to me. That's just how I am. Fair enough. So the whole time, I'm, like, curling my toes, and I'm walking up the steps funny, and I'm, like, just being a really hypochondriac. <laughs> You're curling your toes? Is that going to help? <laughs> <laughs> how does curling your toes help? that it helps it's just that's my reaction <laughs> uh, no germs now you know, everybody's like is she a club foot why is he walking <laughs> so anyway here's the fu- here's the real joke of it all <laughs> we're driving home <laughs> oh my God. we're driving home and that was like where my my thought was and thank god keith that I, that's what my i was obsessing about because i didn't realize that jen's like do you find it weird that we were just in like a, it's an indoor water park. So we're in this giant facility. It's like 84 degrees and humid in there because they keep it heated. Right. Is this There's, the one near the Great Escape? No, this is in upstate Pennsylvania. So the Poconos. Oh, 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 oh Pennsylvania. I, yeah. I hear upstate and it's New York. There's a bunch of Kalahari's. Yeah. So, regardless, she's like, is it weird that we're just like in this like dis- disease bubble? She's like, all these people coughing and breathing. There's no hand sand. There's also chlorine ain't going to protect airborne. And nobody's particles. wearing a mask. No. Right. Of course. And so I was yeah. like, Oh, yeah, that actually was very, very, we're going to get sick. <laughs> like, yeah. flat out. The, forget your foot fungus. Your, if your foot itches, that don't matter if you're coughing constantly. So, anyway, um, and I did get sick. So, there yeah. you go. There well, you have it. This little piggy got some fungus. Okay. Well. So, yeah, that that and one other thing. One other thing I've been geeking this week uh, that's important before we get into the main stuff is, and this is, I, is this true? I'm very tactile. I, I love my fidget spinners. I'm, as Keith knows, you guys, probably, if you watch the channel, you know Keith is always clicking his pen. We, we both are obsessed with it. Do you know what? To this, as an adult, just it started when I was a kid, and it still happens as a, as an adult. And I recommend it to everybody out there. When you're walking around, step on those leaves, y'all. If you're on the East Coast of the United States, it is still so satisfying to just like follow the curb and just crunch those leaves. Have you been? Do you go outside and get? Do you walk at all, Keith? Do you leave the? Do you leave the house? <laughs> It doesn't look like I walk at all. It looks like I have no reason to curl my toes at all. Uh, do no, you no matter crunch, what are you I'm... a leaf cruncher or like when, when nobody's around? Do you like ruin your neighbor's piles for the leaves or do, or do you avoid and be respectful? I grew up basically on the side of a mountain in Vermont. Leaves are like worth my whole childhood. So yeah, I mean, forget, you know, walking on them. You make the big pile and you dive into them. Well, I don't, I don't have any to pile, but I, I just find them on my strolls. I just find it very satisfying. It's still satisfying to crunch those leaves. So if you've been, if you've been not, uh, if when you're taking your strolls out there, if, you, if you've been respectful of your neighbor's leave piles, don't be. Just jump on in. Mike, we have learned far too much about your feet this episode already. I love a crunch. <laughs> I don't love a fungus, but I love a crunch. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't have much to say about that. But Keith, falling leaves. Mm. means that it's the fall, which means uh-huh. it's Halloween time, which means it's spooky season. Have you been watching your horror movies? Oh, oh, have I? Have I indeed? No, I mean, I'm a I'm a huge horror buff. I, I, I love many different types of horror films. And one of my all-time favorite genres are the old school 80s series mm-hmm. right obviously we're, we're about we're setting up talking about the halloween movies uh but i love that kind of genre 
because A, these long-running series usually start with a great movie, right? You know, you don't usually end up having a long-running series if something doesn't start out good. Mm -hmm. But then with various budgets and rights issues and writers and ideas, they go in wild directions. Sometimes they're terrific. Sometimes they're terrible. Sometimes they're utterly incomprehensibly bad. And I love all of it. So mm -hmm. one of my traditions is every Halloween season, I'll watch all of one of these series. So it sort of alternates between like Halloween and the Friday the 13th. And maybe it'll be the, um, whatever. We did all the conjuring ones recently, um, where they have these a ton of movies, mm -hmm. but I like primarily the older ones, the seventies, eighties and nineties because of the wild variety in quality. Because I love the terrible ones too. I love like when Jason's in space, you know, mm -hmm. like I love it when it gets absolutely bonkers. And uh, so it is, it is one of my great joys to go back and rewatch all of these and to dissect them all. So I'm very excited today to give you my definitive ranking of every single Michael Myers Halloween movies. Are you excited about that, Mike? I'm excited about it, and here's why. So it should be noted that for some, I'm not one of those people who derives fun from fear very much. So when you go to your haunted mm. houses or your haunted hayrides or people jump out at you or you see the a, a scary movie, I generally am closing my eyes, and I don't... The, the endorphin release of being scared does not elicit fun or joy for me. I know it does for many people, not 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 mm. knocking on it at all. So the horror genre for me, I often find like torture porn, so your saws and your... Right. To be... It's different. Uh, I don't really enjoy it. I find much of modern horror to be either that or uh, trying too hard, trying mm -hmm. to be say too much and not... I enjoy what's fun for me is I like camp, and so the eight the earlier seventies and eighties stuff now viewed from a contemporary lens is very campy to me, and so I I, find, I derive a lot of joy from it. Just like you, the original Nightmare on Elm Street series, my, that's my jam. Love it. Mm. Uh, uh, Jason Voorhees, yeah, a lot of that's as a lot of that is fun. Halloween is an interesting one because the original John Carpenter masterpiece I adore. Mm -hmm. I found many of like the Rob I find many of them to be trying too hard. I've felt that way about this new trilogy a little bit too. I, I it's a little on the I get their big picture stuff. Uh just give me the body count. I, I like to see the, the inventive kills. I like to see that kind of stuff. So that's why I was drawn to this new trilogy of Halloween, and then that's why we're gonna talk about it. But I don't have the affinity you do, and so I don't have a ranking. And so I'm here for the ride uh, yeah. with you. And well, I'll help you slot so this one in though, maybe. No, no, for sure, for sure. And I, you know, and I will say that um, for me, you talk about being scared by horror films. I think because I've seen hundreds of them now, I'm no longer scared by them. But what I am is chasing the memory mm -hmm. of being scared. Yeah, that feeling. When I was a kid seeing The Shining for the first time or that sort of thing, that feeling was so exhilarating that I'm, I'm sort of like, just tapping into the memory of that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a great segue because uh, one of my favorite scared memories as we begin the Halloween 
movie rankings. Right, let me get into our thing. Let me get into our thing. Let's transition. Okay. Of course. So far, so good. So uh, that makes it pretty obvious, pretty easy. I'm going to work from best to worst in the Halloween series here. And I don't think the, the sort of anticlimactic, but of course, if you're going to be ranking the Halloween movies, you have to start with Halloween one, the original, the classic John Carpenter, mm -hmm. low budget slasher film that uh, the first time I saw it scared the bejesus out of me as a kid. Um, and, uh, you know, there's just, it's such a, it's such a masterpiece. Every moment in it is iconic. Totally. Uh, and of course, Mike, you know where the mask comes from. Yeah. Yeah. It of course was, uh, it is a, it, go it, ahead. It's a William Shatner mask. It is a spray painted Shatner mask. Um, and you know, they made this movie for, I think $60,000. Um, and you know, there's there a lot of the great classic movies from this era. This was 1978. Rely on ingenuity and creativity because of a lack of budget or technical abilities. I mean, this is only three years after Jaws, right? Which became a masterpiece because of their technical limitations. Because they couldn't make the shark work, they had to build suspense, had to build, uh, you know, do things by inference building the idea of the monster as opposed to showing the monster. And I think Halloween one very much plays in that. In yeah, that don't, pond. don't quote me, but I believe if I'm not mistaken, Michael Myers screen time in Halloween one is about nine minutes, nine and a half minutes. If that, yeah, if that, uh, but he has a ton of brilliant, like quick little shots. He'll, you know, those, the first few times that we see him, he hasn't even killed anybody yet that, you know, and we just see him. He's always oh, there in the bushes. She looks back. He's gone. He's there behind the sheet. He's there, you know, and, and some of the some more subliminal stuff, because if you go back and watch the movie, a lot of times we see Michael Myers more than you think we do. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a, there's a scene where, uh, they're talking to uh, what's her name's father, who's the cop, and they just pull their car up and they're having this conversation. And in the background, you see Michael Myers drive his car and go back. And I don't know if you know many people even notice it, but that subconscious menacing around the around the edges, where every shot matters, everything everything we see matters. Um, and of course, we get our first iconic performance from Jamie Lee Curtis. This is the movie that made her a star. I think she made $9,000 doing this first one. Uh, last trilogy, I think she made over five for each movie, five million for each uh, movie. So it ended up being a good investment. Um, but, you know, there, there's not much more to say about Halloween 1. It's great. There Watch is. It. I feel like the, 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 the points I would add is that it's about simplicity. I mean, a lot of handheld mm -hmm. camera work. That POV shot really gives you the feeling of stalking, which is something that... Uh, a lot of horror films of that time were, were about the slaughter fest, right? They were they were just straight up slasher films, and this gave you more of the. I mean, it gets there, but it's it's a stalking. It is it is it is hunter and prey, and also the simplicity extends to the score. I mean, it is this is probably a, a phenomenal a, score, a, a class all time classic, uh, and it's all simplicity. I mean, that piano riff is is indelled into our culture, and it's a couple notes. Yeah. And finally, I would just say that um, it introduced, and it's been riffed on and troped on and spoofed s since, the, the idea of the final girl. 
uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was the original Final Girl, and I think that it brings us all the way to what we'll talk about later today, which is her final performance as the Final Girl and how that all pans out. So Halloween yeah. One, Keith, you're right, is is an, a, a, is a masterpiece that will never be rivaled. And and we should point out that score was done by John Carpenter, who also wrote and directed it. So um, you know John Carpenter, incredibly talented director, but also a very credible composer, um, and uh, has some really I mean that that scores phenomenal anyway it's great so let's talk about what is number two on my ranking so for me uh interestingly because i know you might not feel this way my number two halloween movie is the 2018 halloween Hmm. so uh because for oh, oh wait wait before i before i i start talking about halloween 2018 uh, i want to do something fun with this ranking and that is i'm going to give off the way in which michael myers was dispatched mm. at the end of each movie so we can count up uh what has happened to this man so at the end of the original halloween michael myers is stabbed in the eye with a coat hanger shot three times and thrown off the second story of a house um but he does disappear so he's not technically killed at the end of this one so anyway 2018 halloween Here's here's the things that I like about this film. Um, a, it's a real movie, right? It's mm-hmm. not like it's it's shot, written, directed as a real movie. The performances are great. The shots are great. The kills are great and interesting. There's iconic, uh, great visual moments. I loved, you know, when he drops the teeth into the uh, into the toilet stall. Jamie Lee Curtis is back. Um, you know, this is the most recent timeline. So in this timeline, only Halloween one has happened. None of the other films have happened. So this is, I think the seventh different timeline, <laughs> but this is the, the current timeline that we live in. Um, I think, you know, coming back on Laurie Strode as, as a, as an older woman dealing with PTSD, having prepared this whole time that makes sense the consequences that it had on her children and grandchildren logically makes sense um i think the the finale was super exciting i love the fire and the inferno and all of that kind of stuff and this is the thing that i really liked about this um this movie was it is also funny Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I mean, I don't know who wrote what, but it feels like Danny McBride's hand in all of the side characters, like, you know, the father's monologue about getting peanut butter on his dick, like hilarious. And and you've got the, you got the kid and the babysitter. It's just really fun, funny, lighter writing um, happening through it so that when we're not spending our time with, with Lori, it's still something enjoyable. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of these characters. So it had a really good mixture of light and dark. It had the brutality that you want. Um, Michael Myers looks great. You know, they got the mask right. And we'll talk more about when they didn't get the masks right. Uh, but for me, weirdly, I think uh, 2018 Halloween is my number two film. Yeah, I really dug this one. I thought it was a strong uh I liked the idea of shooting what I thought would be the entire trilogy in one night. Uh, <clears throat> mm. uh, that was kind of the idea. I thought a lot of the decisions that characters made were logical, which is often not the case 
in this type yeah. of genre. So I agree. I, I thought it was a strong outing. And, you know, it was fun. That's the other thing, too, is, is these movies are supposed to be fun. We'll get right. to that. Remember that. And uh, I, I thought that it was. So I agree. With you. I think it's a good, uh, that's a good rank. All right. So before we move on to number three in our Halloween rankings, uh, we, of course, have to say how Michael Myers was dispatched in 2018 Halloween. And here's what happens to our, our hero. He has two fingers cut off. He's shot in the face. He is stabbed and then trapped in a basement inferno. Uh, a pretty impressive basement inferno. So that's what happens to him there. Now it is time to move on to number three in my rankings of the Halloween films. And that, of course, number three for me, probably controversial, is Halloween 2. And this is the one where uh, that picks up right after the 1978 Halloween and takes place in a apparently abandoned hospital where there's uh, there's no no patients and only three employees. However, Michael Myers tracks her down and uh, chases her around through the hospital. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people don't think of this movie as fondly as I do, but I find it very satisfying. Um, I, I think the you know the hospital of it all is an interesting new setting. I like the fact that it takes place immediately after. Um, you know, it's it's got the it's got the great silliness. It's got the that ridiculous hot tub scene, um, and I think the uh, I think the ending is exciting. What do you remember much about Halloween too? You know, I did revisit this uh, because I th- it was uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was in still canon in this trilogy, we, the new trilogy, right? No, 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 no I don't think so. Because it picks up right after. You're right. So um, I remember the hospital one, yeah, and I remember. Uh, I remember it being a little campier. Am I right about that? Mildly so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I dig it. I, I, you know, it's 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 that OG. It's still got that OG vibe, so it's hard not to to appreciate it at the very least. It, it still has that new series smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, but I I I think it's uh I think it's fun. Um, it is weird that the hospital is utterly abandoned. Mm-hmm. and has no lights but you know that's that's uh, another one of those budgetary things that we have to deal with uh and of course our finale uh michael myers this is the this is the second movie out of 12 he is shot directly into each eye and then blown up in a giant fireball uh apparently killing both him and dr loomis um now mike what do you think the chances are that uh, neither one of them uh, died in this movie. Uh, probably pretty high, Keith. While we're doing this, you know what I thought? I since since you're doing the ranking, I think I can help out by each movie. I can give you the kill count. Oh, okay, great. That up yeah. so far. Where we are now, Halloween two. Halloween two. Uh, Nineteen eighty one had ten kills. Ten kills. Okay. So, right. but and that's more than Halloween one. Yeah. Uh, I'm Halloween had six kills. Nineteen seventy eight. Yep. Okay. Oh, th- well, I think the kill count. Excellent. And do you have a kill count on Halloween 2018? Yes. Halloween 2018 ups the stakes, Keith. 17 yeah. kills. 17. All right. Well, I, I imagine that as we move forward, the kill count's going to get a little bit higher, which is a great setup for number four in my ranking, and that is Halloween Kills. This is the second in the uh, the most recent trilogy um which you know again i don't think people liked as much as i do 
but I, I enjoyed it um, for a couple of different reasons. A, I like the continuation of the story um, directly off of the 2018 Halloween. I thought the fan service of bringing back all the original characters uh, was really fun. I thought him escaping the Inferno and killing the firefighters, well, it made no sense that he was able to escape out of the way they trapped him. Um, whatever, who cares? It was very uh, exciting and fun. I liked the um, the sort of exploration of the town going kill crazy and our, our sort of mob mentalities and the danger of that and seeing the consequences of that with the, with the other uh, patient who escaped, who was perfectly innocent, but the town essentially got together and killed him. And we saw both, um, you know, our, our, our heroes joining the mob, like we're going to go kill everybody. And then as it turns out, they end up being wrong and they pay the price by the end of the movie. So I, I, I kind of liked that. Um, you know, it was weird not to have Laurie Strode in much of it. She was sort of confined. It's like, you know, we have a, we have an hour and a half with Jamie Lee Curtis and we're going to make it work, but it was logical. Of course, she'd just been horribly stabbed. She's going to be in surgery. So, um, you know, I thought it was effectively shot. It continued the tradition of having fun side characters who were really funny. Um, and uh, I, I thought I thought it was I thought it was an interesting, well executed film in this series. Mike, how did you feel about it? I apologize for the leaf blower. There's not much I can do about it. Um, mm. uh, I enjoyed it. It was this was one that I felt I, I mean, I get the point that we're also examining. The person, how Michael Myers' evil is infecting the town, and how we can all be evil when we make assumptions. I get it. It just felt a little like it was trying a little hard. It, it felt mm -hmm. like it was trying to like really hammer home that point. What I did appreciate, like I said earlier, is I I dig. Well, they're right outside. Just like blowing directly into your window. Ah, I wish I could. <laughs> I wish we had a great special effect kill here. I mean, that is obnoxious. I like that it's all one night still. I like that it's a direct continuation. And also, Keith, hard not to like 34 kills, the number one kill count. 34! Oh my God. Well, I mean, and the ending of it was very... Uh, I, I, it, was, it was shocking that he got up and killed everybody, including most of our heroes, leaving us with well, only and, a few and, left. And spoiler alert, I guess we should... I'll put a spoiler thing on this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kills the daughter, which she's like a huge character. That I didn't see coming. And it happened at the last second, the last yeah. frame of the movie, which I, I felt a little cheap because I, I dug the ending pretty much until that point, but that kind of ruined it for me. But regardless, they... Oh, I thought that was great. This, I thought it was very satisfying. What I think no one would question, and this has been a divisive trilogy, is that they take big swings. A lot of big ideas, and they're taking their big swings with, with, the, lore, with the lore and the characters. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I thought, I thought this was, uh, I, I actually really liked it. So, how does it end? What happens to Michael Myers in this movie? Well, he's rounded up by a posse. He's beaten with blunt objects. He is shot five times, stabbed in the spine, then gets up and kills everybody. Yeah, evil don't die easy. E evil don't die easy, uh, and neither does this series because we are up to number. Five. Number five on my list is Halloween H2O. 
It is the return of Laurie Strode, who uh, we had last seen in Halloween 2. It takes place 20 years later, which seemed like forever after the movie. Unbelievable amount of time has passed, and now it's 40. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but we have, uh, I think, a a pretty interesting and satisfying um environment to to hang out the, the so uh laurie strode is running a, a private school everybody's gone so we're sort of isolated uh with michael myers and uh laurie strode's teenage son now of course you're like wait a minute doesn't have a son well this is a different timeline right it's a total reboot it's a total different timeline so this one uh halloween one and two exist and none of the other Halloweens exist. Right. So this is its own separate timeline. One, two, and seven are a separate timeline from one, two, 10, 11, and 12, or 11, 12, 13. Um, but uh, yeah, I think... Um, and basically all of them reject Halloween 3. Halloween 3 like doesn't exist. Well, outside. Halloween 3 is not a Michael Myers movie. Right. They, they, were, they were trying to do um, a... Uh, an anthology series, right? Where they were going to have um, just other scary movies in the Halloween anthology after the first two Michael Myers. And they realized, oh no, that's bad. Uh, so Halloween three season of the witch is not on this list because it's not a Michael Myers movie at all. Also it's, it's trash. It's wild. It's worth a view if you haven't seen it, because it is like, <laughs> what is happening? Um, but uh, yeah, it, you know, it's oh, that's a problematic movie, uh, but not part of this series. But I, what I liked about Halloween H two O, a we we uh, I love Adam Arkin as an actor. We have Janet Lee, uh, Nancy Stevens comes back as Nurse Marion for the first time, and uh, I think we get a really fun performance from LL Cool J in it, uh, which was. Uh, which was was really fun. Now, Mike, do you know who I think I texted you, but I'm also pretty confident you will not remember this. Uh, we have a cameo as the voice of LL Cool J's girlfriend on the phone. Now, can you do you have any idea who that is? We did talk about this. I can't even remember when we talked about this. It had to be during out of practice. So it had to be a member of the practice. That's right. It's Lisa Gay Lisa Hamilton Gay, right. does the voice of LL Cool J's girlfriend on the phone, which was uh, really fun for those of us fans of Lisa Gay Hamilton and the practice and such. Um, but great cast. I mean, uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it. And uh, yeah, so it's a fun movie. I thought the uh, the ending was satisfying. I loved the scene of um, battling. He was on top of the tables and she's underneath the tables and he's flipping them like visually that looked really cool. Um, and of course it ends pretty definitively as, as one would imagine, as it always seems to, uh, where, uh, Michael Myers is shot a bunch of times. Then he is crashed into a tree with a van mm. pinned into a tree, then decapitated by Laurie Strode. So pretty definitive. That's going to be the end. Mike, do you think this is the end this time? Some would say maybe. I would say probably not. Probably not. Yeah. So that is Halloween H2O. So number... Oh, what was the kill count on that? Uh, uh, probably pretty low. Seven. 
Mm. Seven. Seven okay. kills. Seven kills. Well, there you go. Uh, all right. Here we go. Number six. We are getting into the mushy middle of the Halloween series. And that, of course, is once again, just Halloween. This is uh, not that one. Go back one for your poster. Oh, my bad. This is Rob Zombie's Halloween. Now, this is not a continuation of the series. This is a hardcore reboot where we go back and retell the story of teenage Laurie Strode running into Michael Myers. Now, of course, it's a Rob Zombie film. Now, if you're a horror fan, you know Rob Zombie's work pretty well, that he is, I think, a very talented director who... uh, Very distinct visual style. Very distinct visual style, very distinct characterizations. He he uses his uh, usual cast that he works with a lot. Of course, his wife (laughs) um, plays Michael Myers' mother. And, you know, Zombie is wildly talented. He really kind of only works at at an 11 out of 10. And um, it's sometimes he he battles with taste. It can be a little much sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, he's he's a talented guy who sometimes doesn't know when to, like, take that 10% off. Um, So, you know, and look, I I like House of a Thousand Corpses. But, oh, my God, that is a lot. Very intense movie. And so this is a pretty intense version of Halloween. Um, I think it's very well shot and written and acted. Uh, He brings an incredible cast of um, horror stars and people you've seen in all sorts of grindhouse stuff, exploitation stuff. It is also... You know, Zombie is not always super great in his treatment of uh, of women in shows and, and is not above exploiting. And, you know, so it's very, um, it's super violent. It's, it's a, there's a lot of gratuitous nudity, which I, I'm a huge fan of, right? But it's not, it's not always super tasteful. And, um, but, and of course, it brings back Danielle Harris, who mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a lot as an adult, um, who uh, was a a big part of the Halloween legacy. So um, I I really liked in this, what I liked about this movie was the, um, I think an interesting exploration of young Michael Myers. We spend a lot of time with the kid Michael Myers. And I think that that is something that we have. Obviously we see him in the original film for a split second. We get the flashback and we see him kill his sister. Well, the but, first five kills of the entire movie are when he's a kid. Yeah. Uh, and Dag Farch, I believe is Farch, is, his, is the name of the kid who I think does a phenomenal job. He's terrifying. Uh, Malcolm McDowell, Brad Dorif, um, you know, Tyler Maine plays Michael Myers. It's the first time Michael Myers is a giant. Um, because it, unlike Jason, Michael Myers is always, or most of the time, a regular sized dude. Mm-hmm. He's not giant. Um, but he is in the Rob Zombie world, and Scout Taylor Compton plays Laurie Strode. So, I mean, there's a lot to like about this. Um, the casting, the directing, it's well-written, it's well-constructed. It is, um, it does not have the elegance of the original series, but this is a competent, real movie. 
mm-hmm. again. Yep. You know, uh, and and I think this is uh, looking at my list here. This is the last like real film on the Halloween series list, and it's it's going to devolve pretty fast from here. Um, but uh, before we move on, let's uh, let's talk about what happens to our good friend Michael Myers. He falls off the second story of a house, recreating uh, the first movie, then gets shot point blank in the face. But he'll be fine. Don't worry about it. What was the kill count on this one? Kill count. Some things about this movie to, to note. Rob Zombie's most successful, commercially successful film to date. Mm. Uh, and it was still the most profitable Labor Day release in cinema history. Interesting. Uh, and I remember going to see this in the movies. And it had 20 kills. 20 kills. Okay. Well, and that's, and that's where it's sometimes not always about the number, but it is about the intensity of them. Uh, so there we go. Okay. So that is, now we are now in the back half. And starting up with, uh, you know, we just mentioned Danielle Harris, but she is back and beginning, or she's beginning in Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Uh, so this is one where we we find out, oh, hey, uh, it turns out Laurie Strode had a daughter. Laurie Strode's dead now and and had a daughter. So this is this is still, when this came out, still in the original timeline. So we d- we didn't veer off onto a second timeline. If you take out Season of the Witch, we didn't zero veer off into a second timeline until Halloween H two O. But uh, you know, so we've got a little girl. She might have uh, some like uh, telepathic powers. I don't know. It's tough to say. Um, but, he, but Michael, uh, Michael Myers, Myers is back. That's what's important. Michael Myers is back, and he's gonna take revenge. Uh, of course, we have Donald Pleasance back as uh, Loomis. So he's sort of the anchor from the original series here, trying to protect this little girl. The town, you know, it forms a posse and they shoot him and there's stuff going on, but it's all not that great. Um, And you'll note if you look at the trailer here, uh, this is where the first time you see the mask goes horribly wrong, Mm. right? So according to the lore, the original masks from the first two movies were lost. Or, or had, like, degraded over time. So they had to rebuild a new mask. And for reasons beyond my understanding, we were able to get a man to the moon in the 60s. A man, literally, we got people on the moon. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick was able to fake that. <laughs> but they can't get the mask to look anywhere near what the original mask look like, looks like. Uh uh, it dry. I, I can't believe how bad the mask is. It's not good, and I I don't understand how that happened. Um, but the, you know, this is one of those things where the tone of the series shifted a bit here. Mm-hmm. The, um, the kills get a little more clever because of that, I think, or at least uh, more outside the box. Vaguely, yeah. I mean, the the it, it, it's it's a little bit more cartoony. Um, you know, the, the town, don't they push someone off a truck or something in this one? Uh, there, there's a lot of like truck battles in this one. Yeah. I've got the posse rounding folks up and it, it starts to become a little silly in this movie. And, uh, whereas the first two, the tones were just absolute straightforward. Now it's a little, it's not quite as silly as the next one, 
but it is still like, oh, we're like sort of playing comedic beats and the stakes don't feel real anymore because we're in sort of a cartoon world. Um, you know, we have the babysitter who is in peril, the Laurie Strode stand in, but she's not that interesting. Mm. Um, you know, she's got a terrible stepdad who we see die horribly, which is fun. So, uh, you know, it, this one feels very much of its time. This is a, a you know, late 80s film, slasher film, where the, you know, as series went along, you sort of allowed for and expected the quality of the movies to drop off a cliff. And that's what happened here. We, we saw it happen with all of our favorite series, with Jaws. I mean, you know, Jaws just dropped off a cliff. This happened, the Jason movies, and they're like, they start becoming like half a parody of themselves, but like not, it just becomes a little bit silly. So this is, this is the part of the series where it gets a little bit silly. Uh, and uh, speaking of silly, well, Mike, give us a kill count, and then I'm going to say what happens to our buddy Michael Myers. Biggest kill count until Rob Zombie, 19 kills. 19 kills. Uh, now... Here, here's what I here's what I do for you people watching KM Geekly. I actually sat down and uh, made check marks and and counted. At the end of this movie, Michael Myers is rounded up by a posse and shot by my count 38 times. Before, now, before still he falls. nowhere in the lore is he he's still a mortal man. Oh yes. Oh yeah. This there's there's not really a supernatural element yet. Uh he falls into a mine shaft, mm-hmm. which then collapses on him. So uh, d- doesn't go well for him at the end. So you think, Mike, that's got to be it, right? Uh, not if it made any money. No, it, uh, you know, and it made just enough to have our next movie, Halloween 5, which picks up Ooh. the story after Halloween 4, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Uh, this is a This is one... Where again we have wild, crazy tonal shifts. Uh, Danielle Harris is back. Now she's haunted, and and has the ability to see visions. Oh right, I forgot. At the end of Halloween Four, Danielle Harris becomes Michael Myers. Right. She yeah, she's, she kills she kills the uh, the babysitter's mom or whatever it was. Um, and uh, so when Halloween Five comes up, they're like, "Oops, nope, never mind." Uh, you know, very similar to what we did in the Jason series. Maybe we'll do that next year. Uh, so, so uh, never mind. She didn't kill everybody. It's all good. But she is she's a little crazy now, and uh, and we're gonna track her down. And you can see in the video there we have the introduction of what's gonna pay off in the next movie of the Man in Black, who's that's mysterious. The, whole, that's the cult thing, right? Uh huh. Yeah. We begin. That was that. stupid. Oh, golly, was it stupid. Uh, so and doesn't sort of Loomis can... die at the end of this one, or they try to, like, kill him? Well, this is, I believe, the... the well, he has, they like, a heart to attack kill him or whatever. Movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so he, he, he definitely died after two, which is why... Because he blew up. He literally blew up a hospital, and he was, like, on the bomb. Uh, but now he's got a scar that mysteriously, you know, appears and disappears throughout the rest of the series. Um, so this movie, there's one moment, uh, that just, I can't stop laughing every time I see it. The, there's just a couple of, of cops who interact with our heroes in this movie and they play this re- 
ridiculous sound cue when we see them. I, I find it on YouTube. It was like, it was like and it is. I I I can't see it without uh, the mask without is pretty laughing bad my ass too. off. Yeah. Well, I, again, they couldn't get the mask. They couldn't get the mask right. Um, it, it's it's really really crazy. Mike, uh, Mike, what was our kill count on this? Uh, Keith, remember this was released just one year after, so they were really going back to that financial woodshed. Uh, well, mm. officially twenty kills, twenty one if we count Doctor Loomis's heart attack. So hard to say. Well, that's right. I mean, we'll see how many of them actually survived. Uh, But uh, so at the end of this, uh, guess what? I mentioned the man in black, right? Who we've only sort of like seen his boots and just mysteriously. He like breaks him out of jail, That's right. Michael Myers does not die. He is rescued and broken out of prison by the man in black. Whatever that means, we don't know, but it probably means there's going to be another one of these okay so uh we have had michael myers broken out of prison but we are now ourselves in the prison of the bad ones and coming up number nine interestingly because i kind of liked his other one this is rob zombies halloween 2 which uh yeah boy this one don't we see zombie michael myers no he's not a zombie uh, well, he just, he's all effed up. We see his face, though, is what I'm saying. Yes. Well, he's hes always at various shades of effed up. Yeah. Um, but we do see his face uh, a lot more in this movie. Now, there are two versions of this movie out there. There's the theatrical version and the director's cut, uh, which have very different endings and very different setups. But basically, this one is everything that the first zombie Halloween film was without any light it's so bleak and so dark and everybody rob zombie's characters like they're they're sort of irredeemably bad but usually they're charming and engaging in some fashion and sort of likable but this one um boy it's just nobody is likable laurie strode now of course it's probably a pretty realistic depiction of the PTSD that she would have gone through, but it is just like, oh, why am I watching this poor girl suffer? It has all of the sort of exploitation that the first one did without sort of the redeeming charm or ideas. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just, and of course, we spend so much time with Michael Myers hallucinating his dead mom ghost. Which is just like, what? Now I get it. You, oh, that you was, know, uh, it's zombies. It's mo- zombies' wife, wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There she Sherry is. Moon Zombie, like who I like as an actress and everything. But it, this was a very like. This was gory what as is hell, happening? Right? It, it, oh, super gory. Yeah, super gory. Like what is happening? I, I did like, um, the continuation of Loomis. Uh, having sold out and becoming one of the like a TV personality, which I was like, okay, yeah, I think that actually makes sense. I like that sort of twist. Um, we do at the beginning of uh, the beginning of it has a lot of it's a nod to Halloween two. So we begin it in the hospital. We think we're going to redo the hospital thing, but it's it's sort of a fake out, and that's not what we do. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's just becomes a little bit 
more nonsensical. The characters don't make as much sense. The story is not engaging. It's so relentlessly bleak that I I don't have anybody to root for. I think is is what's happening there. Um, Sounds like you're so, giving this one one severed thumb down. It, I'm definitely giving it a thumb down. I did not like this one. Um, and uh, to explain what happened at the end, there's two different versions. Mm. Because uh, they have very different endings in the original cut. So in the uh, in the original ending, uh, our good friend Michael Myers is hit in the throat by two shots from a sniper rifle, then impaled on farm equipment, stabbed ten times in the chest, and uh, is dead, as we understand it. Uh, and then uh, in the director's cut, he is, uh, instead of that, or I guess in addition to all of that, he is then shot by another posse 28 times by my count. And uh, before Laurie Strode is then shot, <laughs> it's very strange, um, very bleak, and uh, not any fun. I, I think that's really what it is. Like, the first zombie film was interesting because it humanized Michael Myers as a kid. The second one is just not any fun. It's just bleak. Which brings us... 19 kills. To 19 kills. Thank you. Thank you. Which brings us to our second to last film before we put Halloween Ends in its place. And that is, of course, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. And boy, do we go off the rails on this one. Where we now... Michael Myers is controlled by a cult of like witchcraft and hot nonsense. We get a, uh, let's call it remarkable performance as Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, right? Uh, not as Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is in it. <laughs> um, it's a kid's name. Oh, it's a kid's name. Uh, to- Tommy something? Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. Who, who, was, who was the little I sub- boy I can't in the first I can't remember movie. that, actually. Yeah, well done. Um, and of course, Tommy comes back in uh, in Halloween uh, Kills. Different oh, okay. version, of, different timeline, obviously. Michael C. Hall, right? Michael C. Hall. Yeah. So this was very young, pre-sort of everything Paul Rudd, uh, playing, you know, creepy, scary Tommy Doyle. We have uh, Donald Pleasance in his final performance as Dr. Loomis, Oh boy, this one is bad. Uh, it makes no sense. The introduction of like the witchcraft. Michael Myers is controlled by witches. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Um, yeah, and uh, Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. I think I love him in everything he's ever done. I think he's super charming. He's bad in this. <laughs> It's not his fault. Like what he was given to work with was hot nonsense, but oh boy, this is not good. Um, so yeah, if if any of them, if there's any of them that I wish didn't exist because of the damage it does to the other movies, look at in that. The look series. at that. <laughs> look at that bad newspaper headline. Everything. I'm surprised there's not a typo in it. It this just so badly done, and and this was another one of those films that was had a horrible mess in production. 
Right. They realized it was bad and were, were rewriting it on the fly. They recut it. They, I, I don't know if they fired and replaced the director in the editing process or producers just, just fired him from the editing process and edited a completely different version of it. So there, there are two versions of this movie that one of them is leaning into all the occult witchcraft of it all. And then another one, which like tries to downshift on that, but it's kind of impossible because it's so much about what the movie's about. Oh, it's not good. So uh, here are the two options of uh, what happened to our good friend, Michael Myers at the end of Halloween six. In, in one of them, he's injected with goo of some sort. All right. Then hit with a lead pipe by Ant-Man a million times. Okay. Uh, Or, he is trapped in a weird cult symbol uh, and escapes. Um, and, uh, oof, it's, I, 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 I've seen this movie three times and I still don't have any idea what's happening. Uh, well, I can tell you definitively there are 17 kills, Keith. 17. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, this is sadly the last film done uh, by Donald Pleasance, who died frequ- or frequently. He died quickly after this. Um, but it's an interesting, interesting movie. What's interesting about this movie is to compare and contrast the two edited versions of it because they did so many different reshoots. They have alternate complete versions of scenes, some of which uh, Donald Pleasance was alive to film. And then when they had to do reshoots, he was not alive anymore. So they had to they edit it really they, they weirdly. Off, off screen, right? Uh, no, wait, he, no, he's, no, no, I mean the actor died. Uh, right, but they kill the character off screen, I think, because he had died during reshoots or prior to reshoots. Well, in one version, they kill him on screen. In the other version, he gets away. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's interesting from the, for the behind the scenes drama of how this movie was created. It is just flat trash. Uh, but it is not the flattest, trashiest movie in the series because we have to talk about the worst Halloween film by my ranking. Of course, the legendary Halloween 8, Halloween Resurrection. Tyra Banks! Tyra Banks and Busta Rhymes. And uh, I don't know that I've seen this one. Wow, it is. All right, so uh, just to try to explain what's happening in this movie. First off, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis... The 2000s weren't good for film. No. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in this one, and she got paid a ton of mo- ton of money, but she's like, okay, you can have me. I'm going to do it. This is the follow-up to H2O, which is actually halfway decent, uh, but I want to die in the first scene. Oh, they so, kill her in the beginning. They kill her off right in the very beginning, despite the fact that she is the lead picture on all of the posters and such. In fact, on the poster we see on the screen there is just a shot of her from H2O that, that's, that's not even from the movie. Keith, that's like, the bait and switch like uh, you hated about uh, House of Dragon that uh, a, mm-hmm. lot of people, a lot of people didn't agree with you on that. Yeah, well, that people rarely do. <laughs> uh, so the concept of this what is a is a haunted house, like can we get kids to be in the haunted house like a reality tv thing and they so they set up all basically webcams through the house mm-hmm. so half of this movie we see through terrible early 2000s webcam so we can't even freaking see most of this movie the characters are so stupid the writing is so bad as you can see there the mask atrocious 
like that's even worse than it has been previously. Um, the only thing that's fun about this movie is the finale uh, when when Busta Rhymes um, essentially crucifies Michael Myers on electrical cables and fire. Mm. Uh, okay, and it's it's a this movie's almost unwatchable. Um, it is there is some fun in the silliness of it, and of course, our friend from Battlestar there, like that's that's cool. But it is like the prototypical bad, low-budget, early 2000s horror film. And uh, yeah, ooh, this one was bad. Ten kills only. So it didn't, we didn't even get a lot of kills. I, nothing about this movie is good. I was so excited for it after H2O. Like I, I, want, I didn't see it in the theaters, but I like went and, and rented it, got the VHS as quickly as I could. Whew. All right, Mike, it is now time to discuss the finale of the Halloween series. So they say. Now, I don't buy it for a second. Well, it's it continues the finale to be of this, profitable. Of, of this trilogy. Of, of and, this trilogy. And Jamie Lee Curtis has been quite, she's gone on a goodbye farewell tour. So we can, it seems like she's done. She also did that. Uh, for H2O. <laughs> yeah, okay. 20 years before. That's fair. Um, yeah. Uh, I think you should know by now, this is spoiler territory. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Huge spoiler yeah. warnings. We are now going to review and discuss Halloween Ends. Um, so if you have not seen it, go watch it, then come back. I don't, um, I don't, I don't have a kill count on this, but it, it doesn't really matter because we'd have to separate who's doing the killing. Here's... Yeah, let me just let me briefly give you my my thoughts, and then I'll let you kind of go at it as the uh, the resident in house expert. Um, okay, we should point out that this movie is now is currently in theaters. You can get it on Paramount Plus. This is the uh, directed by David Gordon Green, who uh, wrote on and directed the last the previous two movies, both of which I liked. Uh, so this is the end of that trilogy. So Mike, take it away. Well, for me, Keith, it feels it feels. COVID messed up a lot of stuff, right? It feels like the trilogy was really kind of zoning in on one period of time. I feel like there was a version of this movie that would have continued the story closer to the previous four. We have a time jump right at the start of this. Well, actually, mm -hmm. let me go a different different place. Before the time jump, we have... A we, we, we know that it's going to be a ballsy movie, right? Because within the first three minutes of this film, we kill a kid. We kill a we kid horrifically. Yeah, we sure do. And so my wife and I were like, no, nah, okay, I'm in. And, uh, and right, that, we're, and getting, is, we're killing a kid. <laughs> and that is the, the theme of this film, for better or for worse, huge swings, right? You know, we've been exploring the idea of evil and how it can invade a town and in how it can influence a town. And, th and that seems to be picked up here as we, we see how uh, the parallels to, uh, tell me this character's name I've forgotten, the, the babysitter. Oh, uh, uh, it is Corey. Corey. Uh, he, he... Played by Rohan Campbell. Yes. Excellent performance, I think. Yeah. Uh, and we, we follow him, and, we, and I think they're setting up, oh, uh, he's going to be stigmatized like Laurie was, like Michael was, all, all this kind of thing. And so big swings. And then we jump forward four years, and I think that Laurie is in a, 
I think it's cool. I think the way they reframe where Lori is is a different look, uh, especially seeing the journey from where we saw her first in this trilogy, where she's kind of right. Well, so she's so she's a, a happier. Uh, I've just decided not to let this ruin my life, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be like you know like a happy pumpkin pie cooking kind of lady. Now I'm a little disappointed at this point because I really wanted to see her. I really believed we would see her in the direct aftermath of her daughter being murdered and see her vengeance because the way they sold this movie is it's the final showdown. It's there on the poster. Here's the final yeah. showdown of uh, Lori or uh, yeah, Lori and Michael. And so yeah. is it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Uh, I, I, sh- I thought it was going to be the whole movie. Is she going to have agency in it? Yeah. Or is it just going to sort of happen? So instead, what it feels like to me a little bit is that like four different people wrote four movies, submitted them, and none of them really included Michael Myers much. And then at some point they were like, no, we need Michael Myers. We've, we've sold it on that. And then they sort of like cobbled them all together because that's the biggest issue I have with this movie is it feels completely disjointed. Where they go initially is they follow this Corey character and they have him being sort of bullied and tortured and his past can't he can't escape his past this traumatic past and so uh, you you're waiting for him to snap maybe it seems like they're leading to that but then instead he sort of falls over a bridge and then he like meets michael myers in the sewers a la teenage ninja turtles and then he he like (laughs) and then he like choke possesses him and i think oh this is kind of interesting michael myers is possessing him and he's going to now do his bidding but then they don't really see that through so much. They kind of have him them sort of buddy team up like a, like a buddy cop film where they're going to like do tag team murders. Uh and then in the most bizarre thing, the do- the granddaughter uh I I I think one of two things is going to happen. They set her up to kind of fall in love with the Corey character, which is interesting because Lori introduces them and because they and because Lori believes in redemption and and but then all of a sudden, for no reason, in my opinion, they have the granddaughter. Allison, is it? The uh, granddaughter? I think so. Yeah. They have yes, Allison, Allison sort of just like, oh, I'm in love with him, and so now let's burn it all down. There's that weird beats, beat switch that makes no sense to me, where he's sort of becoming a little possessed, and then he says something, and she's like, let's burn it all down. And then I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to do Natural Born Killers, where they both just are murdering everybody? Or, or at least paying off the Bonnie and Clyde costumes. Something, but like, but then she, that doesn't really happen. She just like rides on a motorcycle with a bunch, and then eventually, when she finds out he murdered a bunch of people, she's like, "Oh!" But this is after she tells Lord. My point is, is that it doesn't make a lot of sense. It, it's I, it doesn't make a lot of sense what's happening. And then at least you think, okay, well, he's the new Michael Myers. Is he going to kill Michael? What's going to happen? They just abandon the Corey thing altogether to have the last, not even third, the last like. Eighth last of the ten movie. minutes. Yeah. It's literally the last ten. Just minutes. have Michael and Laurie kind of like stab each other a little bit, and then they, then they. I'll let you tell them how they how they finish Michael off, and they they make a. We get a final point. They they deke out and they fake Laurie's death, and then they kill Michael, and that's the end of the trilogy. It didn't make any sense to me, Keith. It didn't make any sense to me. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> I have I so many thoughts. Like, like listen. Um, we're gonna. We're, they try. Nobody since what was it? Halloween three. We're, we're like we're gonna do a non Michael. It's not Michael. We're passing the torch, which clearly divisive. But 
I was here for it. I was like, and and the guy, the Ronan character, uh, the the actor is the great performance. Yes, and, and it's justified, and 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 everything they've built about a town in in infecting evil onto or in in, in being insidious tracks. That storyline could have worked. Would have been divisive, but heck, they're taking a big. But then they kind of quit on it. Uh, and I hated everything they did with the granddaughter. Those are my those are my thoughts. And the ending, hey, you know what? At least they give you a period at the end of the sentence. Uh, did did I mean, you not hear the list of the ways they killed off Michael Myers in every single movie? Yeah, but they never meat grindered him. Come on, they slit his wrists, Keith, and then they meat grindered him, and they prayed they him through the town. They decapitated him in H two O. Yeah, well, we saw his head. Listen, meat grinder feels final. To There's me. always a way to get out of it. <laughs> you can be deep meat grindered. A hundred percent. There's a way to get out of it. I mean, uh, is that a is that is that a satisfying death for Michael Myers? I I don't know. I, I liked it better when he was possessed of the kid. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, it didn't pay off the trilogy. That's what the problem was. Now that all said, here are my pros. I thought it was a satisfying agency filled performance for Laurie. And it, it was a send off. I felt like in some way it, it gave Jamie Lee Curtis different stuff to play as the character. And I, I loved the deke out faux suicide scene, except it was completely ruined and spoiled in every trailer. That, that wasn't the way, like you see this, you see right. the, the, the frame after the fake suicide. So, you know, you're not fooled. Ugh. It had a lot of ideas. It had too many ideas and none of them were coherent or conducive to a, to a satisfying film, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, I've and been thinking about fun. this. None of the kills were fun. No. There weren't enough of them. Michael barely did. And the one he did, it was like a tag team. And then the one, the, the Corey character brought him like some like murder f- fuel in the, in the sewer. That made no sense when he kills the, none of it made any kind of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been trying to figure out how to talk about this, uh, for a couple of days as I've been thinking about it. Um, but I, I think the first thing you, one of the things you said right away is, I think, really what it feels like to me. And I know that it's not this, um, because they've been planning this and working on this. But this reads like a spec, a spec script horror movie that was had no ties to Michael Myers whatsoever. And the producers were like, oh, you know what? Let's adapt that into a Michael Myers movie. That'd be so good. And so they just tagged him in peripherally around the edges. Um, and, you know, and, and there's a couple of reasons for feeling this way. Like, one, we Michael Myers is barely in this movie. Flat out, he is barely in this movie. Uh, two, all of the, every single character that we meet is behaving like a completely different character. Now, I get from a storytelling point, Laurie's like, I'm not going to let this define me. I'm going to find a way to make this positive. I'm going to change how I actually kind of like that, Mm -hmm. right? That made sense to me. But she wasn't behaving like any of the Laurie's we've ever seen, right? The daughter, I get, like, we're doing an exploration of trauma. Granddaughter. Right? And the granddaughter. And and we're looking at, at ways in which trauma has affected each of these characters, how it has affected the community. Right. And how it has changed and adapt. So I get what they're trying to do. 
every one of these characters is behaving differently because of the trauma that they experienced. But the granddaughter is not a likable person in this movie. She has absolutely none of her decisions make any sense. She, if you're going to tell a story about her being self-destructive now, like, okay, sure. I get that. But it didn't have any logic even with that. The main character of this movie is none of the people we've met. It's not Michael Myers. It's not Laurie Strode. It's not the granddaughter. It's Corey. Mm-hmm. It's Rowan Campbell. And what are we supposed to feel about him? We see the mom of the kid he accidentally killed be like evil. We see the dad have this bizarre scene where he's like, I know, I feel bad. I know that it was an accident. But then I saw him recently and he looks possessed. It's like they figure out that he's possessed by Michael well, Myers. I, I, it doesn't make I didn't sense. take that he's possessed at all. I think that. They just I, became I, buddies? They like tagged, they were like a well, WWE I, I, tag I think team? The, que- the question is. Um, with with that character, he obviously ends up as a psychopath, right? Yeah, sure. As a full on psychopath, and so the you know, and I had to get the move. Okay, so so we're exploring, right? Did uh, did the the tragedy of killing the kid turn him into a psychopath, or was he one all along, and that sort of unlocked that tendency within him? Okay, sure. That's interesting, but it's not about Michael Myers. It's not about Lars Jode. It's not about this movie at all. It's a separate movie. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a retelling of uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, who is very intentionally designed to look like Michael Rooker in that movie. And I, I actually had to, had to stop before the last 15 minutes uh, and then finish it the next morning. And at the 15 minutes before the end of the movie, I was convinced that Michael Myers was dead. That there was no Michael Myers at all, it. and he was hallucinating him, and that we the final reveal where we were going to discover the body of Mike, the decomposed body of Michael Myers in the it sewers, and that he found the mask and like, so what? And, and so you're and so you're right. So there, so it's a movie about this guy, mm-hmm. and and it looks like they're going to set him up to be the new Michael Myers, right? Then Michael Myers, the next generation, is going to pass the torch or whatever, and like. I don't. I mean, I get it. Michael Myers now like seventy something, but like, I, I that's not this character. I don't. I don't. I don't get what they're trying to do. Right? Nobody in this movie is likable. I, you know. I know you. You said that you felt like Laurie had agency in this. I don't think she has any at all. She's just sitting there baking pies and then just waits as opposed to going out and trying to rescue her granddaughter or going out to try to kill Michael Myers or set up a trap. All the agency that she had in the first movie, she just sort of stood there and waited for him to show up. She didn't do yeah, anything. That's fair. That's fair. This entire movie. Well, see, she, but it, I guess that just she seemed, went grocery shopping. It seemed less egregious <laughs> than the agency they removed from the granddaughter because they make her make stupid decisions, which doesn't seem like her bag. And then it's She's not just like the, boy crazy. And then it's and then here's my biggest. In fact, uh, ride around the block with me on this one, Keith. Mm. I think one of the best analogies for this movie is is symbolism. It didn't know it was setting up, so they hit you hard over the head in the first twenty minutes of the movie with images of the radio station and you see and you hear the DJ and like this morning show kind of like DJ voice about, and he's all about Michael Myers coming back and all that stuff. 
they just hit you over the head with it. So you know that they're coming to a showdown. The radio station has something to do with it. It's it, going to pay off yeah, somehow, yeah. right? But it doesn't. It doesn't. And in fact, all that really happens is they kill the DJ at some point, And she puts together that, oh, it must have been Corey who killed the DJ. So maybe he, I guess Lori was right. He is a mass murderer and I should go back home. It. And so, but does she? She's still love. I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't well, get this her. What I'm getting. Putting that this together. is what I'm getting. They, they, they really hit you. They, really, they think there's all this symbolism, or they, they're, and so you, you're, you're waiting for it, but nothing pays off. That's they didn't pay off anything. Yeah. including the trilogy, including all the things that they set up. What, what they did here, they made a bunch of references to superior work, right? Like they're, they're constant references to this. You know the, the. The, the weird incestuous mother, that's a carry reference. The stairs the kid falls down, that's a reference to the omen. The sewers there that they're going in, it's referencing it. The sort of malignancy of the town is sort of similar to how Derry, Derry works yeah. in it, right? And But like, none of it, it's all referencing, you know, and of course the Henry portrait of a serial killer big reference there the the radio station right it's a it's i think it's it's a reference to texas chainsaw 2 which has a like a big scene that takes place in a radio station but there's no meaning to it beyond oh yeah 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 it's sort of similar to texas chainsaw but why what does it mean what what's the payoff like i thought i thought and and, and again like and i think they set it on fire so they had that huge radio tower mm-hmm. We keep seeing it. We keep seeing it. I'm like, oh, okay. Final scene, Laurie and Michael on the top of the tower battling 100%. to the death. Fuck yeah. Sign me up for that. Are we? Do we get that? Nope. Did we get a great battle between the two of them? Nope. Did we learn anything? Nope. Are we even sure that fucking Michael Myers was even in the movie? Eh, only sort of. I certainly wasn't until the last 10 minutes. It, this movie just... And it was, well, and, and the worst of it, is, and the worst of it is, is that that so because this trilogy has been really moving towards that we're trying to tell a, it's 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 a fable basically it's a fable wrapped in a in a tale where it's it's about Michael Myers but it's more about this like exploring exploration trauma. of trauma and evil right right, but it doesn't pay any of that off and so because it didn't pay on any of it off we go back to what I like about these movies was it at least fun no no and I'll tell you why <laughs> that's yeah. And and I'll, I'll I'll tell you why it wasn't fun. A, you know, it asked a bunch of questions. It didn't have the th- they asked a whole bunch of questions. Didn't have any answers to it. Oh, right. And, mm-hmm. and and I think the the other thing that was really missing from this from the fun angle. A, uh, the whole point of fucking Halloween is Michael Myers killing people. Yeah, we don't get any. He's not even in the movie. No, he's barely in the movie. The Two, best the best kill is the kid falling out of the, off the stairs. That's the best yeah. kill. And, and not the, related to anybody we've ever seen before. And the big killing of Michael Myers, whether you like it or don't like it, the slitting of the wrists and the meat, the meat grinder, the the biggest problem with those is the CG is terrible. The CG, it just, it, it just looks digital. And then you see his arm waving. That looks digital. It's not, they're not even good, like organic, uh, what are they, practical kills, which is what I enjoy. So we're not getting any of the things I want. Yeah. And the other thing that is missing from the first two movies in this series, which I really loved because it was true of the first movie, it's true of the second movie, were the funniness, the side mm. characters. They were 
you know, it, it wasn't like we're playing comedy, but these are interesting, fun, colorful side characters. And people are having fun. People have, are, are playing interesting. Everything was dour yeah. and miserable. Nothing was funny. Nothing was fun. I didn't like anybody in this movie. I wasn't rooting for anybody in this movie. And, and it just didn't pay off anything that you'd set up and set up so well. You, you, you saw my rankings. I loved the first two movies in this. I was so excited to see this pay off, right? And the final battle. And like I was like, look, all you have to do is like end on the tower or have this big final battle in a field or something where there's agency and, and not just sort of happenstance. And you, you have Laurie Strode here. This is your last chance conceptually with Laurie Strode. And she's not, she's peripheral. She's peripheral to the movie. You're two here. Look at that poster. Both of those characters peripheral. Well, I think that I I mentioned this up top. I, I do think that the marketing for the film belies some of the better ideas of the movie. They couldn't, really see the quarry angle through. I thought that was an interesting idea, handing off the torch, how this the town and Michael Myers and his legacy created this new Michael Myers. Cool idea. Even the natural-born killer's idea, although I don't ever think it would really work that way, they, their shared trauma wasn't really that shared. But I, okay, whatever. It could have been cool. But they were unable to see those things through because the marketing of the film, what we were all promised belies any of those ideas. We have to get to that final showdown, which then allows no endings to the other one. In fact, Corey's ending is really, what a, what a horrible death. What a waste death. of time. Yeah. What a waste of time. But, and I almost feel like, and I have no, I have literally nothing to base this on. So like, this isn't like, I, I'm just wild speculation. It's almost like their plan was to spin Corey off as the new Michael Myers. They showed the rough cut to Bloom House and they're like, fuck no. You need to go back and and and, and rewrite the last 10. Because it felt like the last 10 minutes of the movie were like, oh crap, oh wait, wait, make, make it yeah. about Michael, make it about Michael. Uh, because they're not going to let us do this. So we have an unsatisfying end for Corey. And then we're, we just have like, you know, the, the the battle between the two of them, if that were the prelude to the final battle, right? If three yeah. quarters of the way through the movie, they have this battle in the house, in the kitchen, and then we then we move to the finale on the tower, mm-hmm. right? Okay, you got me. I, I, I don't care as much about the the rest of it because I've got that final battle. Or how about this, Keith? If you really, if, if we're taking big swings, how about... We don't. Lloyd doesn't know it's Corey. They don't. They don't all figure it out so quick. And like you said, two thirds through at the end of Act Two, we have the big showdown with Laurie and Michael, and she kills Michael. Oh, it's all all is well, all is good. But no, Act Three, we haven't. There's the new Michael, and now he's the one stalking, killing, and we have to figure that out. That's that's a nice twist. But sure. The big yeah. Like I'm just saying something. The the the, yeah. the, the, the 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 funny thing to me is the biggest turnaround for me is. What I hated about the second one was the ending. I hated that last, the, the teaser tag where the, they kill the daughter and it's like, oh, shock thing at the end of the film. Here, I was waiting for it. I was like, well, that's not the end. Dot, dot, dot. Right. What's, what's the big right. pop? What's the thing? And then it's like, right. roll credits. And I was like, I even watched through all of the credits to yeah, see if there was a stinger. Nothing. That's it. Nothing. No, it's, it, you know, I, I, I feel for the, 
I feel for the writers and directors on this, and because, and and I, I was I was saying this to to Jillian. I understand. I'm a writer too, right? I'm not successful. I'm I'm a I'm a very hardworking, unsuccessful writer. However, I've written in genre before, right? I wrote, you know, I I was planning a a, a novel trilogy. It's sort of like a zombie apocalypse sort of a deal. It's called The Dead Circle and its sequel, Beneath the Snow. You can buy it right below. However, and I'm just going to be straight with everybody here. uh, I got about halfway through the third book and I kind of lost steam because I really liked the, the sort of horror and the zombie and the survival aspect of it. But then, you know, it got a little boring for me. Right, it's like, oh, I've sort of done that. I sort of, I was really excited the 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 first time to do it. The second book, I changed the monster, and so that was really fun. But it was still basically the same premise: how do I survive and escape an, an you know inexhaustible monster? Right. But I got a little bored, right? And I wanted to, I needed to move on to a different genre uh, thing. And the thing, you know, it's it's like you know the the one meal you really love, you're really excited to eat it, but you don't want to have it every night for for three years and i feel like what happened here is david gordon green and the team have always wanted to do a halloween movie have always wanted to do it and do it great and they have all these great ideas and they did the first two and they were great and then they're like oh well, we have to do a third one uh, i'm so bored of the michael myers thing i have to do something else which is why it this feels like a different movie. It feels like ah, oh, I want to do I, uh, all right, Michael Myers, whatever. But I want to do something else and sort of put Michael Myers Myers around it, and which is why I think for a simplistic genre piece, right? Halloween is so simple, right? It's just man in mask stabs people, right? And a smart, interesting, creative writer can definitely come up with an amazing movie. I would love to do a Halloween movie. I'd have I'd have all the great ideas for the great kills and the situation and the setup and this blah 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 blah. But I think I'd get bored after the first two movies too. I don't think I I don't think people who love this but are like smart people who want to make real movies should do more than one or two. I think you have to pass the ball because you're gonna if if you're and I think David Gorgon is a smart talented director and writer i think he just got bored and didn't want to make another halloween movie and he didn't keith this is why i just like the final destination films because that premise is simple it's just crazy kills that's it nothing deeper just give me crazy inventive kills that's what i want and you don't want one like artist to make all seven of them right just like bring in new people smart good writers who just like look? I got these ten kills. I'm so excited, mm-hmm. right? And then and then just move forward. And I I just think that this would have been way better had they handed this third movie off to somebody else, or just make it two movies in this world. This was utterly unnecessary. All right, and so it's it's clear. Let's not belabor the. Let's not meat grinder it. <laughs> All we've done is meat grinder. I know what. Let's. Where does it now rank in your in your films, Keith? 
Boy, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at it. Okay, I'm going to start from the bottom and pick movies that it's better than. Right? And it's tough because I'm grading it on a different scale. Because mm. this is a real movie, right? It's not some schlocky piece of nonsense with terrible acting and writing and everything. Uh, it's a real movie, but but I have to sort of judge it based on what it's attempted to be. So, is it better than Halloween Resurrection? Yeah, of course it is. Is it better than Curse of Michael Myers? Yeah. Definitely. Is it better than Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie's Halloween too? Kind of similar in tones. Like we lost all the fun. We lost all the color. It just became sort of bleak and out of it. So, but I, I think it is better than Halloween too. I, I think for me, it lives somewhere in the Halloween four, Halloween five, the Danielle Harris, which are, are, this is a better film than either of those. Um, but it's it's just not a Halloween film. So I, I think I think objectively I'm gonna like get over my disappointment of not having much of Michael Myers and it not being paying off that well. So I think once I do that, once I've I've taken a shower and I've had lunch, for me, I think it goes into the new seventh place between Rob Zombie's first Halloween film and Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. That's where it is for me. All right, folks. Well, that was a deep dive. We promised you a deep dive. <laughs> you got a deep dive. Now, my next promise that I'm sure mm. to keep oh, is yeah. we next week, we are mm. going to talk about things exclusively that we like. All right. We're, okay. Whenever, we're going to do, we're going to get to the retro segment. We've been teasing for about three weeks now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, first two episodes. Yep. That's fine. We're trying to keep it relatively concise. We didn't 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 hit Failed. the mark today. Hard fail. But that's okay. Halloween. We, that's what we're, it's the season we're in. We're talking about it next week. I want to talk a little bit more video games, Keith, if that's okay. all right with you. And Great. we'll find out what stuff you've been watching, listening to, consuming that you've been digging. I want to know. Mm. We're going to do quick hits. We're going to do we'll keep it we'll do a time we'll do a time limit, all right? One minute we'll get 5 each. Okay. 1 minute each just Ooh, stuff like we're it. really digging and we'll hit that retro segment. And that's what we'll do next week on KM Geekly. Until then, uh, you can check out our social medias here. Let me ask you if you are interested in helping us continue this show and mm. our two other shows, you can give us a like, you can give us a subscribe, you can hit the bell notification, you can tell a friend. Those are all mm. free ways to keep the show free. Or you could join the illustrious patrons who are giving their hard earned dollars to keep the show going. And they get some fun bonus stuff, like uh, episodes of me watching Deep Space Nine, episodes of Keith and I watching The Next Generation, the animated series, AMAs, lots of more goodies to come. Uh, they are Brian Kaufman, Casey Clark, Cloud Lover 69 Jason Moe, Jorge Navoa, and The Mysterious. The Mysterious. Worf's Boot Shivs, Charles Nivens, Alan Zimmerman, CRM Productions, Charles Babbage, at Grim underscore Toys. We thank you. We love you. We will not put you in the meat grinder. We will not. Uh, but if you would like to put your eyes and ears in the meat grinder with more of this, you can check out Keith and Mike watch Deep Space Nine, a deep dive into every episode of Deep Space Nine. You can check out our look at our look at my Star Trek toys, where we uh, go back and look at Playmates original 1990s Star Trek action figures, as well as detailed reviews of the 2022 new line of action figures so you can uh, 
check out all of that and check out the archive. I know some of the people have been uh, asking about, oh, did you know? Can you review this toy? This toy? There's about a hundred episodes. Go back in the archive. Chances are, if you've thought of it, we have reviewed it. All right, folks, that'll do it for us here at KM Geekly. We'll see you next week. Until then, keep it geekly. Oh, I gave it a shot. That's the tag? <laughs> I still haven't come up with a tag. Keep it geekly? No, that's terrible. Hey, you have any ideas for a tag? Throw it in the comments below because I, I, I'm over two. Do you have any toe curling ideas for a tag? <laughs> we'll see you next week.